So obviously you want to get into the new album and talk a little music because after all, we're just big old music fans. But uh, first thing I want to do in talking to you is kind of fire up the uh, DeLorean and go back in time, go back to like March of 2020. You were on tour with August Burns Red and Kill Switch Engage and you were just like seven days away from coming into our market into Riverside Municipal Auditorium. We are eagerly awaiting you and then we know what happened with the world going uh, yeah. on lockdown. But uh, kind of walk me through that. What date, getting home, the travel of getting home and then also for the new album, Will You Be the Death of Me? Was it already written before the pandemic, during the pandemic? Kind of give me the whole timeline going back to yeah. March of 2020. So yeah, basically, uh, as of uh, you know February, end of February 2020, we were done with the record. We basically like finished everything. We had uh, about three, four days off, and then we were leaving on tour. Yeah, very excited to obviously finish the have the record done, and uh, the idea was to have the record out in the summer, so summer 2020. Done with that part. You know, and then go on tour and enjoy the rest of the year with a bunch of tours lined up, great things. And then, uh, you know, the craziness happened. And uh, yeah, we were on basically for the first couple of days on that tour, just like on the phone constantly with management and booking agency. And we ended up playing a couple of shows. And then uh, all you here during the day would be like, you know, promoters and people through and everybody talking about, oh, this venue just closed down this venue's canceling shows blah 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 at that time it was just like a matter of time you know you, you knew everything was gonna have to you know get shut down and uh yeah and then we had to fly home and then yeah that was it and it's like just sit and wait and then we found out shortly after that this was gonna be like a, a really long time staying at home and cancel all the tours and just change plans for the album and yeah so we've just been waiting and waiting and here's the, the $10 million question that I've been kind of talking to bands about because there's no way not to talk about the last year and a half and, and this whole pandemic and everything. But here's my question to you. The album was done before you went out on the road. When you came back home and were sitting around, did you open the album back up and tinker around some more? Or did you just leave it be as it was done before you left for the tour? Uh, we left it the way it was because... We were really, really happy with it. And uh, it was like, there was not a moment in the studio that was like rushed and then things happened like we didn't want to. So we really took our time. Like the, the record that we had, we finished it. It's done. It's like, that's the end of a chapter. And now we, we want to move forward and think about, you know, next record. Or in the beginning, I wasn't even like thinking about writing anything. So just like, I just can't imagine like after writing the music, spend like a year, year and a half, you know, between like tours and write music, then you get to start pre-production, then more time off writing, then uh, back in the studio, start doing the record. You finish like that, and so you kind of, I was spent. I could not <laughs> think of just sitting in the studio and work on songs again. I had to take a long break, and which I did. Basically, I kind of took the whole last year of didn't write music. I mean, it's for me. It's kind of normal after I get so intense and obsessed with the with an album when I'm working on it that when I'm done, I kind of need time off and really do something else, which is perfect. It to go on tour, you know, because while you're on tour, you're not thinking about that anymore. You're just like doing the other part. The you know, the more you know, fun and you know, 
jump around on stage and do stuff. Basically, you know, decided to take time off. And I know Howard felt the same. It's like we were really happy with the record. And at that time, we still had the record to, like, the, the record was getting mixed. And, uh, and so we were still listening, you know, to, to parts and everything, but nothing really needed. You know, sometimes, like, when you start really listening, like, the same things again, like, you kind of want to change. But yeah, I don't know. This time really felt like it was right the way it was. And even now, like, a year later, when we finally released it, I'm, I still think the record is what it was supposed to be. I don't see it like, oh, I wish I could change this. And it's rare because like when I think about older records, I always look at like even a year later, I'm like, well, I wish I, I did fix that part or I wish I, you know, I would have done that differently. But so far, I've, I feel very good about this record. You know, it's kind of like opening Pandora's box, really, right? Because once you go in and try and fix one thing, then you got to fix everything. And, oh, yeah. you know, every little hi-hat note's got to be exactly perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I totally yeah. understand that, man. It's it's interesting because some bands have gone back in. Some are like, we'll do one more pass at the album and then we're done. Or we'll write three more songs or add a cover. And so it's just kind of fascinating to see how each band tackled that free time on their hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of the new album, uh, Alex, Rud- is it Rudinger? Rudinger yeah. was on drums from Whitechapel. Is that official now? Is he is he officially the drummer in Light the Torch or TBD or where are we at with that? Yeah, we we haven't really, you know, there's, uh, I mean, he's he's a drummer for Whitechapel. So obviously, once they're gonna start touring, he's gonna be their guy. I'm sure. He's a uh, you know he's an amazing drummer. Why wouldn't Within they want having you know with them right and so our schedule I know our schedule is going to be like if things go back to normal and we start touring like we used to we'll be very busy and he'll be very busy with Chapel so I don't know like that aspect but honestly when we decide to have him on the record me personally I wasn't really thinking about you know the playing live obviously it's just. You know, it would be ideal to have the same drummer, and he's an amazing drummer. But at this point, I'm, I kind of see like the the approach. You know, when you would do like, with, you know, when you think of like staying Michael Jackson, Elton John, like those people had like different drummers. They would hire the perfect drummer for the job, and then get it to play, and then they would hire whoever was available and great for live. So it's kind of like as of right now, since we we weren't very lucky with drummers in the past. <laughs> and uh, and also for like you know more the business reasons aspect of, you know you probably heard of like why we had to change name right and all those things so devil you know yeah so yeah so now we kind of want to be very careful with the who we play with and as of right now it works to just hire a person who's you know a session player who's really good have you guys determined who's going to be the live drummer for the next tour whenever that may happen or still to be determined we have a few things, a few people we're talking, and uh, and obviously, like I said, if Alex is uh, he's not on tour with Whitechapel, I know he he expressed you know to us that he would like to play you know live with us. So, and we would obviously love to play with him. I was just going to say it's kind of like his chair to give up then at this point. If he's if he gets first offer and if he's not available, then you go to drummer number two. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because yeah, obviously, like I said, it's like having commitment with the with his main band you know it's going to be that that has to be the priority so it really is going to matter you know who's who's going to be touring first you know totally makes sense you know speaking of the album it seemed like to me maybe a little bit uh more sound effects sequencing going on in in album number two versus one 
playing around yeah. a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's like, it's my fault. <laughs> like, I'm the <laughs> responsible for it. Uh, yeah, it's something that honestly, like I, I love to play around with like that kind of stuff. And since, and like more and more I, I get, I don't know. I'm, I find it very interesting and like, uh, work on textures and layers and like, and you know, it's like I, there's songs you know, on this record that kind of started being written like that more than just a guitar riff, you know? So it's kind of a, kind of a new thing. I can definitely tell the guitars and like the, the songs that were written with the guitar riff in mind. And then the ones that were, you know, the, the guitar parts and bass and drums happen after. Yeah. I like having dyna- different dynamics. I like having different, you know, songs that kind of don't sound similar. And uh, as long as everything fits together, you know, but, uh, but I like having the variety. You know, it's almost like getting to paint where it's not, you don't use three different colors when you paint and you can use, a, you know, a multitude of colors to get your uh, picture across, so to speak. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, I was thinking and in, in trying to pull apart the album and listening and thinking maybe it's you, but I definitely feel like I'm hearing somebody else's voice singing in some part and become the martyr. Yeah, so it's like uh, main vocals is all Howard, obviously, and all the harmonies, backing vocals is Ryan, a bass player. Ah, it's Ryan doing it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's definitely not Howard. That's some somebody else is singing. That's definitely not Howard going on. But interesting to learn. Yeah. Did he sing on the first album or is that new to this album? Yeah, he's, he, he also did sing on the first album. Ah, okay. Well, speaking of, of singing, Howard and Howard, he, he certainly sang his, his butt off on that Terrence Trent Darby uh, Sign Your Name cover. And I, I heard that was your idea, actually. Again, my fault. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, yeah, he like Howard would just... You know, we were hanging out. He was staying in my place, and while we were working, got to, to hear the song on the you know Spotify, and it's just like I mean, I knew the song obviously. I always loved the song. Like I, I remember being a kid and hearing that song. Like always liked it, and it was the same thing for Howard. Howard told me right away, like, yeah, I love the song, and uh, and I, I don't know, it's just like just releasing to it, and, I, and it was the, the day after being at the studio, so you know, I I think like had old all of our music in my head. And uh, when I heard it right away, kind of like it made sense with the sound. And it, and, it, and it felt like this would be, if we arrange it the right way, it's like this would sound awesome. And so we, we started working on it. And uh, yeah, I was just like when Howard did his thing on the, in the studio, we were all, you know, big smile and uh, happy with the, the way it turned out. I knew Howard was going to crush it, and he absolutely did. I mean, that man can sing, and it, you have to be able to sing to be able to do that song. I mean, you, you can't uh, scream your way through that one. I mean, there's some singing oh, going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Fran, I appreciate all the time and just a couple other things I wanted to kind of hit you with. Uh, you know, we had touched on it, the touring and the tour that was scheduled in 2020 with you guys and August Burns Red and Kill Switch Engage. And like I said, we had you at a Riverside Municipal Auditorium. And last I had kind of heard from social media was the plan was to kind of make that tour happen. And what's yeah. the status with that tour? Is that the next tour that Light the Torch will do? And where are we at if so with touring and Light the Torch? So it, uh, it looks like 
uh, it won't be the the next tour that we're going to be doing, but we are going to do the tour. And uh, uh, there was something announced like a month or two ago. Basically, uh, that tour is going to be rescheduled for 2022, early 2022. But it definitely, it definitely needs to happen. You know, like we all, everybody, the booking agency and, you know, the promoters, everybody's on board. You know, the bands. Like we know it needs to happen. So it's one of our priorities to obviously make it happen. So when will we get to see you this year then? Well, we have a few sh- a few festivals in September being outdoors. They should be fine. And now we actually we're supposed to announce something very soon about September, October. And uh, so, but we definitely, you know, we're planning to be on tour. You know, speaking of tours, the last time I saw Light the Torch, I'm pretty sure was on the Mark Morton tour at the Roxy in L.A. And I'm sure that oh, wow. uh, you got to geek out with uh, Mark about guitars, I imagine, on that tour. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a, I mean, he's such a phenomenal player. And he's one of those guys who really, you know, really cares about the tone and, you know, playing the styles. Like, And he's a great songwriter, honestly. He's such a good songwriter. And, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun to, you know, be around that guy and he's such a nice guy too did you guys geek out about guitars or is it barbecue or something else when you're when you're hanging out with mark uh just like guitars but honestly more like you know life and and things it's like also at that time i was like kind of struggling and was like so many pain medication that was like all shaking because I, that was like right after a big car accident i was involved in right i'd heard and, about uh that. Yeah, and so that tour was like a month later. I was a mess. I was like wearing like a, a harness like for my back, and I was just like, like I said, always like taking a bunch of meds. I was just like being super loopy, and so like that tour was also kind of a. Uh, I'm sure I was like a little weird on that <laughs> tour, but but no, I mean like it says like he's a. I, I met him before. It's like I think a year before we were at a wedding together is like uh, another musician friend and uh, we hung out a bunch then and yeah he's such a mellow guy i love how just he's so mellow and just you talk to him and he's like not a guy who's like raising his voice or just being all you know crazy loud it's just like a guy who's like you can tell as a guy who thinks a lot about life and things a mellow southern rocker kind of vibe to him absolutely absolutely Uh, i i want to dwell on it but what happened in the car accident exactly can you talk about it yeah. So yeah, I was uh, you know driving like just I don't know thinking about my own life and just you know being all good and happy. Like also like like I said like we were a month uh, away from like leaving for a, a three month tour. And yeah. So so it was like this car uh, rear-ended me. And, like I was me, like my wife and I were in car, so we both got really messed up. And uh, yeah, car obviously got total like annihilated literally and uh thank god we were like in a big car and uh, that made a big difference the car who hit us kept going for another 100 yards and hit four more cars oh my god it was like a massive yeah big accident it was like five cars totaled in the end yeah we were the first to get hit so it was like a massive hit my my two years after that we're just like you know getting spine injections doing a bunch of physical therapy uh chiropractors acupuncture, cryotherapy, like literally tried everything. And last year, honestly, that's uh, after the Kill Switch tour, I was supposed to get a surgery done, like laser surgery. And obviously when I came back with the pandemic and this and that, everything got canceled, like no more physical therapy. And, and that was just like doing so bad for, for like a couple months. But then uh, I got to 
see some uh, acupuncturist who told me like it was one of my, the many doctors who was telling me try a plant-based diet like give it a shot and so i decided to do that and a month later the pain was gone wow i don't I, i'm telling you like I, i'm still like a can't believe I'm, I'm like born and raised in italy you know we eat cheese for breakfast basically <laughs> right. you know and then and all of a sudden like well i'll give it a shot and yeah in a matter of like weeks i started feeling better and a month later i was just like done with back and neck pain and i'm like i don't know i didn't do surgery i didn't do the thing that i was supposed to and uh, i mean i still stretch i do i'm very aware of like uh how i move but i mean i started going back and doing things ride bicycles and play golf and yeah back and neck are fine so i'm still i'm still vegan and uh for that reason and it works so at least it worked for me Wow, that's great to hear. So you're you're back to feeling good. And and two questions: A, did they have insurance? And B, have you started doing yoga? Maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. I was actually I started doing yoga. Yes, that's very very good. You know, it it really does make a difference. A lot of the the stretching. It's kind of like crazy how similar you see how like the yoga positions and some of the stretching that you do with physical therapy they kind of work on the same. So th- that really helps, and the breathing and all that. So like I said, like I really kind of in a way change my you know, my life around with the you know how much time I, I i dedicate to this to just to feel good you know and uh, it's definitely worth it because i feel great it's great that you're able to turn such a negative into such a positive changed your diet changed your health routine and you know your fitness and now doing yoga and feeling great again and that's that's awesome to hear man yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, sometimes you think like, uh, I mean, this was a, a, a huge lesson for me, huge life lessons, like learn how to turn things around because, you know, even the worst thing that can happen, which is what happened to me is nothing compared to what happens to other people, you know, still trying to find a, a way to turn things around. Because like at first, like the first year when I was just taking pain medications and just going to see doctors and I was like, I was in such a dark mood. I was just not happy. You know, and then when I started like kind of taking control of the situation, kind of like wanting to change it, not just rely on medication. Right. Take control. Really, really made a, yeah. And mentally, I feel completely different now. Ah, man, that's great to hear. That's one of the things I kind of picked up as a hobby throughout this pandemic is, is doing yoga. And it's a totally game changer. Oh, nice. Nice. We still are one of those old school radio stations that does mandatory Metallica every single night at 10 o'clock, which you're going to be a part of. So I want to get your Metallica tune in just a minute. But I imagine Kirk Hammett a big influence on you, right? Yeah, yeah, actually. It was like one of my, I think, life highlights was uh, chatting with Kirk Hammett backstage. So like uh, I used to be in the band called Osha Parish. Yeah. And, uh, and Kirk Hammett loved the band. You know, he, he just loved it. And then uh, there was like this article in, in, uh, in Rolling Stones where he basically was naming the best records of of ever. And, you know, and they put like Ultra Parish record on number 26 or something like that. And it was like crazy. So he really loved the band. Ultra Parish was invited when they were doing Orion Fest in Detroit. You know, it's a big festival with like a bunch of bands, a bunch of stages. But we were picked to be main stage. So it was like the show was us, Deftones, Metallica. Wow. And, you know, one of the things that you really like, is it really happening? We were backstage, we were getting ready, and then he shows up, you know, with security and uh, to come meet us. And they said, like, I'm going to introduce you on stage. I'm going to say this, 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 blah, blah. And then obviously he wanted to talk to the guitar players. And 
yeah, it was like being super humble and, you know, telling us because we play seven strings. It was just like, I can't even play six string. You guys play seven. It's like all these things. So it was just like, it was really surreal. It's just like thinking like, wow, this guy is a, you know, he's a legend and he's just hanging out. It was awesome. It was a really cool moment. Kirk's asking you, how do you do that? And you're telling Kirk how you play guitar. That's amazing. And then what's crazy is like, we really had to go and uh, I was really like warming up and, and then I could tell my guitar had gone out of tune. So he was like still talking to me and I had to be like, hey, sorry, man, but I really got to go tune the guitar. <laughs> I felt so bad. It's just like, you know, I even thought I was like, okay, I'll just go on stage with the guitar out of tune just because right. I'm chatting with Kirk Hammett. But then... <laughs> So cool, man. So cool. <laughs> I love that story. I appreciate it. So lastly, you got to pick a Metallica tune. Anyone you want to play on Mandatory Metallica, you, but your pick, uh, man. I'd say, you know, one. One. Going back to the one. Yeah. Because honestly, I, it's still one of the ones when it came out. And I remember like my brother, we watched the music video and we heard for the first time Double Kick. You know, it was just, it was really the first time I heard like, the pattern with like double like kick drums and like that and we just like oh this sounds amazing <laughs> and the solos and everything like the video it was such a big impact the first time i watched that I still remember it yeah i remember my mom screaming at me turn that garbage off you know watching the video <laughs> but you're right i mean that tune i mean especially for how like I don't know if jazzy maybe at the beginning of the tune Kirk is compared yeah. to like the lead and, you know, during the solo and during the double kick, it, it's amazing what a roller coaster that, that tune takes you on. Yeah, seriously. Beautiful, man. Thank you so much for the time and I uh, can't wait to see you on, on the road this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hopefully very soon. Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety, available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming on live at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.